All right, folks. So my love of sci-fi was really stoked by the other man on the mic over here. I think I liked sci-fi to a certain extent, but not nearly as much as this guy did. And he sucked me into the wormhole and never came back out. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, uh, so growing up, I was into sci-fi because my dad was into sci-fi and my mom was just kind of like, whatever, you know. But in sci-fi was more of a very uh, niche thing to do or niche, whatever you want to call it. But it was kind of like, you know, what you were an uber nerd if you like sci-fi, especially if you were like Star Trek or Star Wars. And then you liked you had those wars going on and then you had like you liked like Doctor Who or whatever. <laughs> it was like my, my dad was an, a serious Doctor Who fan. And so some of my like favorite memories of him and I are like Friday night watching Doctor Who late till late because oh. it was like it would come on and we could watch it to like 10, you know. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a little kid, like really little. And it was like even the black and white Doctor Who. And then I would remember it would go to the color one when there was a new doctor. And so it was like, all right, we're at the colored ones. And I was real excited, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. So we're going to talk about the joy of sci-fi today on Curiosity Continuum. This is Josh. And this is Brian. Welcome to the podcast for Curiosity Continuum. Curiosity Continuum is an industry-innovating, non-traditional company passionate about growing wisdom in the next generation. We are the essential bridge between the analog and digital worlds by building collaborative communities that unleash the power of adaptive expertise and innovation needed to thrive in the 21st century. We combine a mix of essential elements needed to empower people to succeed in new ways, not possible outside of a creative, thoughtful, diverse community of fellow curious people. Follow us on your favorite podcast app to receive notifications of new content. If you like what you hear and you want to dive deeper, visit us at curiositycontinuum.com. Thanks for tuning in, and let's start the conversation. And we'll pick it back up because we had a little bit longer intro this time, as Josh was saying. Yeah. While the music was playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> the fancy music. The fancy music. Kind of sci-fi-ish music. Not really, but... Well, you know... <laughs> Uh, we'll have to do an episode probably about the theme song because I can go really nerdery into it. And it's yeah. actually a really good story around it. Yeah. But that's another 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 episode, folks. So sci-fi for me, I think, started some of it with Josh. He got me into Star Trek The Next Generation. And that still has a dear, near and dear place in my heart. Uh, that's how I first knew of Patrick Stewart, long before he was ever Professor Xavier. Oh, yeah. before I mean, the only other thing he had done before that, I think, well, he has done other things, but like, Dune was probably the biggest thing he did. That was the original Dune, not the Dune that was just recently made. Well, the original to the remake of one way from way back, or like some okay. kind of like the movie. OG. Yeah, yeah, some movie <laughs> way. I think though that was like the first movie version of it, like yep. full movie version. Yeah. So those those memories are really good. And Josh and I would pass books back and forth. Yeah. And I didn't actually realize that those were like limited run books until recently. And I'm like, oh, like, you know, they're hard to find now. It's because I didn't realize that not you wouldn't always be carrying those books or whatever. I think books in general are weird because uh, because of being a physical item and they are limited print runs. So you don't always find them like Star Trek books. I never see in thrift shops anymore. I, I never see them hard, hardly at all. 
They're and all if in I your d- closet in your room. <laughs> well, I know, but if I do see them, they're like ones I already have. So I know that those must have been higher print volumes. Oh, I see. You know, because I don't think, I mean, I don't really remember um, specifically buying books because I thought they would like would be rare or something, right? Yeah. I just bought them to buy them and I would read them. Like I, I, I would always, I'd go through them and like I could read them in a day usually or maybe a day okay. and a half. Like, especially if it was raining outside or something, and I just wanted to read a book, excuse me, mm-hmm. read a book. But um, that's something that actually, as I've gotten older, I've gotten away from is reading, and I kind of want to get back into it. But it's like a, it's one of those things as you get older, it's like a trade off of investment versus like risk reward type thing. Like, it's like investment yes. versus what I get out of it. And sometimes that for me, I might only have like an hour. And it's easier to sit down and watch a show or play uh, a video game or something. That's something that's you more know, compacted. I feel that because um, uh, people often think that I read a lot. And I read a lot, like, all day as I'm doing work and stuff. Right, but not for, like, but, pleasure or leisure. Right. My, yeah. my book life actually is not that much. I learn a lot by asking a lot of questions. I learn a lot by having conversations. I learn a lot by picking up a bunch of different things. The books are actually important. I'm actually reading some right now about the etiquette in Korea. So I never knew the etiquette in Korea because sure. I didn't grow up there, but I'm Korean. So it's an interesting book. It's a short little book that I'm kind of starting to work through right now just to understand some of those things about myself. Um, but anyway, back to sci-fi. The thing about sci-fi is that it started as books. There wasn't like fancy TV shows. Right. <laughs> and well, I so, mean the fancy TV shows are back with the movies back in the fifties, you know, and like, yes. like uh war of the worlds and stuff like that, where my dad actually tells stories of watching those on TV and, or like the outer limits or and twilight zone, twilight zone. Yep. And they thought that for like, like the outer limits start. So, you know, you are not in control of your TV set, you know, and like could fade in and out and stuff. And my dad and like my uncle, believe they really were in control of it because it was exactly what the tv would do you know it would go down with a little dot in the middle and then go back big and you know so he says as a kid they were like freaked out so i know that when the newer versions came out like i actually watched some of the old twilight zone stuff because it's on like streaming it's really interesting it is really interesting it's a very cultural zeitgeisty type thing to like back in the day you know see to me, science fiction represented the best imaginings within a kind of plausible future. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it wasn't like going back in the day. It's actually looking forward. Yeah, I think it, that's probably why I liked it a lot. Right, it was always future based. Right. So, like, I think when you say sci-fi to people, I think they have a different. Everybody has their preconceived notions of what that means. Like, for some people, they're like, oh, you like, you know, uh, Star Wars or whatever with, you know, space Jedi, space uh, samurais with glowing swords and stuff. I'm like, that's really not about <laughs> that, although that's a cool part of the show. It's yeah. just, it's about the story of a future that's different or a past or whatever, but it's a different perspective. But it also has some of the things like, like Star Trek, for example, is like, oh, this is where we could go, you know? Yes. Now, in recent times, sci-fi has gotten much more, I would say, realistic and like gritty, where, like for example, like The Expanse, which is a fantastic sci-fi series, 
Ooh, I mean, it's yes, on Amazon. Yeah, it's films. a good. Yeah, Brian just watched that not too long ago, but a fantastic sci-fi series that is also a series of books, by the way. And I've heard the books are very good. Um, where it's more of realistic from like our technology standpoint, and it's not that far in the future. It's like a few hundred years total. You know, the whole thing. So it's like you can kind of, you can actually see it happening that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and so everybody likes their different kind of brands of sci-fi. And I think that it's important to know that if you don't like one kind of sci-fi, there's lots of others to choose from. Totally. Let's let's debunk a myth right now where it's only for like super smart and nerdy people. You know, now a lot of smart, nerdy people do like sci-fi. Right. But you have to understand that people like we'll take the original Star Trek right when it aired in the 60s. Some really yeah. cool stuff was happening in that show. That it's culturally, only three years long. Three years. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, some of the major things, like Nichelle Nichols, portrays Lieutenant Uhura. Now she's yeah. a woman of color, and she's an officer on the bridge yeah. of this starship. Has a really like, important job. Super important job. You had a Russian. <laughs> yep. On the bridge, you had somebody who was Japanese. Right, this is yes. not too far off from World War II when you talk about the timing of the show. You had an alien. I mean, like all these different kinds of things ha- were happening there as a social commentary, and almost like this is what the world could be like. Gene Roddenberry's image and idea of the future is that like poverty would be gone, and we're kind of exploring the universe. You know, right. we're exploring that around us, and you still have your enemies. Obviously, it would be kind of a boring show if there was no conflict in it, but it really is a commentary. Then not not just the um, uh, the the, ra- the the races and the species that get along, but then here's other species that are very different and they roll this way. And right, it's a it's a relational dynamic kind of thing. What happens though is that like in these kind of shows, like people watch them, and then they grow up, and they become astronauts, which like say, well, I'll never be an astronaut. Engineers, well, yeah. <laughs> but what if you work for like one of the major electronics firms? You yeah. know, like you're, you're building cell phones, you're building refrigerators that talk to you. Computers, you know, you're building, yeah. you're building stuff that you're, that these programs and these books like set ablaze in your mind kind of, it's, it's a, a touch tone for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when we, they talk about STEM and now they're kind of trying to say STEAM because they've, they've recognized Arts the art piece is very is important, super critical. And the STEM component, let's take the A out right now on purpose that teaches you mechanisms and methods and things to work on those types of problems, right? Science, technology, engineering, mathematics. But the science fiction portion of that fits into the A, into the art. It was a creative expression creative. around things to go that asked, what if? Yeah. Like, what if, like, what if we did this? What if, how would we do that? Like, that's a great thought exercise anyway. Just say, if I want to go to the moon, what do I got to do to get there? Mm-hmm. You know? Don't, and when don't Star Trek first jump, aired, yeah. they weren't on the moon yet. No. In fact, it ended on the year that they went to the moon. Star Trek put people on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. You're welcome. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're welcome, everybody. That, but that, that type of thing is like, a, we can imagine what it'd be like to be in space. This is what it could be like, you know, and, and every su- subsequent generation has those type of things that move it along. We live in an age now where there's so much technology that that kind of is undergirding the world and just normal life, how banking works, how 
You check out at the grocery store. Yourself. You know, all those I mean, different kinds of things. Yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah. You can't escape it. And if you would have asked your grandparents if that was possible, they would have said, no way. That's the stuff you see on television, they would say. Or only like in books that are just like fantastical and out there. But we're living in the realities of being inspired by those type of what-if questions and looking at the future going like, if the future looked like this, people would kind of say, well, how do I get to there? They almost start to have a, they have a referent that's so far enough out there where they can aim for it and they kind of have a good journey along the way. Yeah, so I'm not really sure if, like what to uh, say more than that, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll part with this thought because I know it's kind of gone a little far afield. But sci-fi as a genre really represents, to me, a creative expression of something that's plausible but not attainable right now. When we talk about some yeah. of the things that they present, like this so is it, how it, life would be. Humans stretching for you know beyond what they're capable of is kind of a thing. So. Yes. That's the kind of spark I see a lot of people like, oh, that's why they enjoy it. It's just like, it, you know, it's better than watching, you know, your crime show on TV. Sometimes those are fun, too. But it's like, this is something that's like, okay, how would we do that? And so I think that that just it just fires the creative aspect of your brain. And if you're one of those people that really like that, there's a sci-fi for you. You might not be the first show you watch. You might want to ask some of your friends, like, what do you guys watch for, you know, that's not like you know, NCIS <laughs> or, yeah. or house, yep. you know, it's like, what do you, what do you watch? That's something different, you know? And you'll be surprised. I think how many people watch sci-fi in some way. Yep. Totally. Well, uh, why don't we just leave it here and let people go watch some good sci-fi? Uh, yeah. We recommend, I would actually recommend people try something old, like the old twilight zone. Just to yeah. see like what this actually looked like. The old back outer in time. limits and stuff. Those those shows. Yeah. Those are great. Um, anything from you get into the eighties, you start getting into some high hardcore cheesiness sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of great movies too, if you just want to have like a two hour experience. If you got Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon, you've got access to a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. What's fun what's a fun one to do is actually Tron. To watch the original oh the first Tron one on Disney Plus. on Disney Plus and then watch the new one, yeah yeah, you know and just to watch like where movie making has gone in that amount of time right and just seeing how groundbreaking that the stuff that they did in Tron was yeah you know the original Tron you're like wow that really was groundbreaking so and here we are folks yep. so go explore on your favorite favorite streaming platforms some good old sci-fi let us know what you think. So until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum.